Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Uh, today, our guest is Omar Khan. Thanks for being on the show, Omar. Hey, thank you very much. Uh, great to be back. We're, we're so grateful to have Omar on the show. He's a wealth of knowledge uh, you know, in the syndication business. He's very experienced, and, and uh, um, we've had him on. He's been in show, on show 05, uh, WS05. You can hear more of his background and and uh, how he got into the business there. And uh, we, we've talked about some specific subjects and uh, whether it's uh, you know the market, uh, how to find a market and show uh, WS60 and then uh, your team, who needs to be on your team or a few of the team members and how to develop those relationships in WS90. So we hope you'll, you'll go back and listen to those shows if you haven't heard those already because Omar just gave some great content and helping you uh, get into the business. And, uh, but today we really want to focus uh, on the asset management side and uh, we haven't had many guests talk about this yet. And so I'm anxious to just really ask some questions and, and just hear Omar's take on, on how, to, how to do asset management, executing the business plan, what, you know, what that business plan needs to look like, and uh, how and when, what to rehab, um, you know, just numerous aspects of that that, that we need to know. And, and so, Omar, um, you know, why don't you, again, give us just a brief uh, intro about your background and getting into the syndication business, and let's get right into the asset management. Cool. So guys, uh, I've had over 10, 12 years of facet management experience within real estate and commodities. We've structured and advised on $3.7 billion plus of capital financing and M&A transactions. We've got a stable of high net worth individuals and entrepreneurs who are investors in our multifamily syndications across the U.S. But we're primarily focused in Texas, Florida, and Georgia. And now we're talking to the great Whitney Sewell. Well, thank you, Omar. So Omar, you know, let's get into you know, what asset management is, what is that? And, uh, you know, let's get started, uh, you know, and somebody that that's just getting into the business, what, what do we need to know about asset management? What is it? Well, what you need to know about asset management is that, uh, you know, once you raise the money, once people have been generous enough to sign off on your loan documents, if you're in that state, you know, when you've got partners, all that jazz money's in the door, you've won the deal. Now what? Because now comes the hard part, Right. So that's what asset management is. Because what happens is a lot of times people say, well, isn't the property manager's job to do this? Well, yeah, it is a property manager's job to do this, but their money is not on the line. Your money's on the line. So you've got to make sure, like in all businesses where you have employees or partners, that they're working to a schedule. They're working on executing the business plan that you said you were going to do in your fancy marketing presentation and on your Excel spreadsheets. That's what asset management is. So I guess get us started and, and uh, you know, or, you know where, or where should we start? You know, should we say we, we've got a deal and this is, this is what needs to happen or we just closed or, or should we back up, you know, even before that, that uh, you know, we close on a property to really figure out our business plan? Maybe you can help us with that, you know, developing our business plan before we close. Well, you have to back up even before you get a property. Again, you know, guys, if, uh, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but you know, like what we talked about in the earlier episodes about having an investment criteria, having a reason why you're doing this specifically, right? Not just, hey, I want to make money. By the way, that's a great criteria, but you got to dig a little deeper than that, right? 
So before you even get a deal, before you're awarded a deal, because I hate the word you think I won the deal because I'm just very superstitious. I feel till you don't exit out of a deal and you never really won the deal. You know, so before you're even awarded the deal, you kind of have to have a plan because what happens, because what's going to happen is, guys, that if you're doing these value add deals, you've got to hit the ground running. So what can't happen is that you run the deal. Now you kind of, you know, spend the next three months trying to kind of figure out what your business plan is. That shit doesn't work, guys. And if you are basically behind the eight ball, it's really hard to dig yourself out of a hole. I'm, I'm telling you guys, it is impossible to dig yourself out of a hole. So what you've got to do is know your business plan by unit, by how much, you know, for instance, rehabs you're going to do by unit. When you do these kind of rehabs, how much rent upside are you going to get? Why are you going to get this rent upside? you got to have all these schedules. So, you know, when you have project management, right? And there's like, you know, one of those Gantt charts. Have you you've seen the Gantt charts with me? You know, they're using project management and all that. Yes. Says, task yes. one takes two weeks. Task yeah. two can start after week one, but it takes three weeks. You know, you have all these bars that kind of decide how you have to do. Literally, guys, that's what it is. It's basically managing project. How do you manage a project? Well, you've got to know what you're managing. What you're managing is rehab, uh, you know, these downturn of these units, and then you bring them back up to market and you get that sweet extra rent premium, the force appreciation we all talk about. How are you going to do it? We're going to have all these plans set aside before before you even win the deal or get awarded the deal. You're going to have to sit down with your property manager and you're going to have a hard conversation with them. And you're going to tell them and they're going to tell you also because they're partners, right? You're going to say, look, we need, as an example, let's assume you're buying a hundred unit building and you got to say upgrade 75% of the units, right? So you're going to say, look, Mr. Property Manager, we, we want to upgrade 75% of the units. This is what we need. So for instance, if you're doing the typical light value had, you know, we call it in the industry, putting lipstick on a pig, essentially what you're doing is you're resurfacing countertops, putting some extra new lighting, you know, just putting some full hardwood blind flooring, you know, improving the general layout and look, but you're not touching the structure as an example. Let's assume you're doing that, right? So you're talking to your Mr. Pro- and you say, Mr. Property Manager, we want to upgrade 75 units. We're thinking we're going to do it in 12 months. So what is 75 plus divided by 12? I should know this. 75 divided by 12 is like 7 or 6, 6.25, right? We want to, on average, upgrade 6 to between 6 and 7 units a month. Here's what we're going to do. And how are, you, how are you going to look that you can even do this, right? Number one, do you have the capacity to do this, right? Because you might not have the capacity to do it, right? No shame in that. But you kind of have to know that. Number two, are you going to do it? You're going to go through your rent roll. You're going to see when each unit comes offline, as in when does the lease expire, right? Because when the lease expires, that's your chance of either not renewing the lease and then implementing a rehab program or renewing the lease and not implementing a rehab program. So you got to have to know all these things. And then, you know, you're talking to your property manager. They already know these things. You're going to say, hey, can we do between six and seven units a month with these, these, these types of upgrades? Because if you just say, can we use six or can we do six or seven units a month? They'd be like, yeah, yeah, we can do it. But there's a difference between saying you can do it and actually doing it. So the clearer your instructions are, the more granular you can get, the more schedules you can provide them, the more feedback you can get, which is actual, actually doable feedback, actually practical feedback, not can you do it, but will you do it? Okay. Now you sit with your property manager, you talk to them and they say, yeah, look, you know, in March, we can do seven of these because what's happening in March, April, and say, and listen, March, April, May, we can do eight of these because we have all these leases coming offline. 
right? But in June or July, we can only do five of these. So then you kind of structure all these things beforehand. And all these things, by the way, this asset management thing, this should already be reflected in your underwriting. So then you can kind of understand where does your revenue ebb and flow? Where does your income ebb and flow? Because one part of this whole value add program is that you kind of have to figure out that you straight up don't run out of cash. Okay. Why do you have to know that is because in reality, what's going to happen is guys that if you run out of cash in say March and your model says your underwriting says, well, if you just continue doing everything by say December, you'll be fine. Now on Excel, that looks fine. You know, no harm, no foul. But in reality, what happens is if you run out of cash in March, maybe by April, people are going to cut you some slack, but that's it. You're done. The bank's going to foreclose on you. No contractor is going to talk to you. Your property manager is basically not going to do their job because you know you don't, they, don't, they know you don't have money, right? So you never get to the end of the year. You never get to enjoying that forced appreciation. So when you have all these plans arranged beforehand, you know when that punch is coming, you know when you're going to run out of money. And for that, you can prepare beforehand by either raising more money, investing some of your own money, or just staggering out your rehabs the right way. So how do we know, you know, how much of the property we want to plan, you know, to, to remodel or, or, you know, to reduce? How, you know, how do we know how many units we want to tackle, um, you know, over the whole renovation process? You know, you said 75% possibly you know, in this conversation, you know, how do we know that it's not 50% or 75% or maybe 100% of the units? Well, that's a good question. So how do you find out? There's a couple of ways. Number one is the way you're going to do market research, right? So you're going to find out, is there a demand for these upgraded units in the market? Because what you might realize is you might upgrade all these units, you might make them look nice and pretty, but nobody's going to pay you extra money. So what's the point of rehabbing and re-upgrading and going through all this pain? You know, your market research is going to tell you, first of all, is there a market for rehab units, right? Because if there isn't, it's a very short conversation. You're not going to do this. But if there is, then you take the next step. Then you start figuring out, well, if there is a market, how much extra rent premium am I going to get? Now, you might get $100 rent premium. You might get $200. You might get $25, right? Depending on how much rent premium you're going to get, what we target is that any rehab or any value-add item we're going to put in, we're going to get at least a 20% uh, you know, return on investment. But you might be different. You might say it's 30%. Somebody might say it's 15%, right? So you got to have to figure out. If you're going to get $100 increase in rent a month, as an example, right? if you implement your value rent program, right? So 100 times 12 is $1,200, right? You take 20% of that, and you know, basically you can implement up to $6,000 of value rent program within the asset for you to get, say, an extra $1,200 a year or 20% return on investment. Now, if you have to put, say, $10,000, what happens is you'll get $1,200 extra a month, but, uh, sorry, a year, but you put $10,000 into the apartment, which basically gets means now you're getting a 12% return, right? That makes sense? Mm -hmm. Right? Yes. Well, maybe it's not worth it now. Maybe you shouldn't be rehabbing all these units, right? Number one. Number two, what you're also then going to do is you're going to have to figure out, guys, do I even have the cash to rehab this? The market might support it. You might be getting a 50% return on investment. But guys, the story is, look, if you don't have the money to rehab these units, well, you, uh, you don't have the money. So what are you going to do about it, right? Then you kind of figure out, if you don't have the money, can I raise this money? Can I talk to my equity sources, my KPs, all these people to say, hey, we see all this stuff. Here's our plan would you like to invest some more money into the deal, right? So you got to do all these things before because what can't happen is that you get awarded a deal, you start the business plan, and then six months into this thing, you realize, all right, I'm out of cash. What do I do now, right? 
because what's going to happen is you're going to get you're going to have to tuck your tail and go to your existing investors as an example and they're going to be pissed they might tell you to you know some choice words and they might you know politely tell you to leave they're not going to politely tell you but let's assume they politely tell you to leave or they might even invest some money but they're so annoyed at you that you didn't look at these things coming that they're never going to invest with you again right so some a lot of times it's better to just take the pain up front and raise all this money up front so yeah is it going to take you longer do you have to talk to more people yep but it beats the massive amount of headaches and pain you're going to have to take when six months into this project to realize, all right, I'm out of cash now. What do I do? I really appreciate that, Omar, breaking that down. You know, but you know, going into this, uh, you know, you you mentioned it earlier that you know, talking with a property management company, and you know, some people say, well, that's their job, isn't it? Well, you know, after we we've got our business plan in place, we know how many units, at what months, you know, we're going to be uh, renovated. We know we're going to try to do seventy five percent. Um, you know, of the of the units, we're going to return that many. So, you know, how much of this process is handled by the property management company as opposed to, you know, what we are doing? Look, so as the asset managers, you're overseeing all these people, right? So a lot of times the big property management companies also have construction management attached to them. So the, there's pros and cons. The pros are that the property manager who is, let's assume, managing 10, 20, $40,000, 40,000 units they probably have a lot more experience in these kind of projects than you do, number one. Number two, because they're doing so many of these projects, they get more preferred pricing, right? So if you and I, as an example, have one building and you go to a contractor and whatever rate you're going to get, well, the property manager who has 500 of these buildings is going to get a better rate with a better quality contractor, right? So you get to ride on those things. The bad part of this thing is that, well, now, you don't know if the property manager actually went out and did open bidding to get all these contracts, or did they just give it to their brother-in-law, right? You don't know this thing. Number two, what happens is to oversee all this project, the property management company on average charges between 10 to 15% overseeing fee or construction management fee, right? Well, that's a fee you got to pay because if you don't pay that fee, they're not going to do the work because their work is managing the property. Their work is not construction management, but they can do it for you for a fee. Now, again, pros and cons. Pros are, well, heck, you know, they're more experienced than you. Cons, you're paying a lot of money for this stuff. So you kind of have to figure it out. Now, why is this important? Why this is important, guys, is because it's your money. It's not the property manager's money. Let's assume the bank forecloses on this property. You've lost your credibility. You've lost your equity investors' money. Property management companies just fine. So you can do this the hard way or you can do this the easy way. And the hard way is that you keep making mistakes that you could have avoided, right? The easy way is that you grease the wheels along the way. You pay somebody a little, but then they do the job. As long as it fits into your business plan, you accounted for it, you raise the money for it, and you know what's going on. So how often, how often does it happen that that you have to change, say, property management companies in the middle of, of a big rehab, you know, and what would that look like? Well, ideally, the answer is you shouldn't be changing your property management company in the middle of a rehab because you already did a lot of research. But it happens from time to time. Now, how often it happens for some people, it happens more. For some people, it happens less. And guys, a lot of times what also happens is we see a lot of times um, investors firing their property manager. And sometimes it's warranted and justified. But a lot of times it's People just have unrealistic expectations. You know, they expect that they've said something and the property manager is just going to wave a magic wand and things are going to happen. Guys, delays always. There has not been a construction project in the history of mankind, I think, 
where a delay hasn't happened. Okay, it's just bound to happen. There's so many moving parts. So being in constant communication with your property manager, you know, and they should, by the way, they should also be in constant communication. It shouldn't be a one-way street. It's, it should be a two-way street. As long as it's a two-way street, people give you enough of a heads up and they have a solid legitimate reason, right? Now, if it's a one-off, it's fine. If it happens every two days, right? And if these are completely avoidable things and the guy doesn't even give you a good excuse, I mean, then maybe it's time for a guy, right? But if they have a legitimate excuse, let's assume a hurricane ripped through the town or three of their property crew died. By the way, this is a real story, right? Well, that's a pretty legitimate reason because you can't account for three people dying, right? When they were just healthy. So as long as you have a legitimate reason, as long as your expectations are realistic, you know, and always realize guys, it's a pain firing property managers, especially if you, ha- if you didn't do your job researching these guys up front, then it's on you. It's a pain firing property managers. It's just an administrative just it's a massive inconvenience. So ideally try to not fire them during the value add process. Try to find an amicable solution. You might not win 100% of the battles, but as long as it's 50-50 or 60-40 in your favor, spike the bullet, take the pain, learn the lesson, and don't do this mistake again. So before we before we have to go, Omar, let's let's talk about you know how do we how do we know we're bringing our our asset up up to the market uh, standard by but also by spending the least amount of money. Well, that's a good question. A lot of times you only know this in hindsight. Number one, so that that's the that's the secret nobody tells you about. But what you also know is, guys, uh, you know, for instance, if you're buying a property, like we said in the earlier episode about our investment criteria, you know, rents are already ten to fifteen percent below market. Right. So I know I've got that 10 to 15 percent cushion there. Let's assume I've done my market research. And a lot of these things you can get from brokers because they have boots on the ground knowledge, property managers. And you don't even have to talk to your listing broker. I'll give you a good example. A lot of times what we do is even when we're looking at a property in any city, we've got multiple brokers. Right. Because brokers are in the business of, you know, developing a relationship, keeping a relationship with you. They're in the sales business. A lot of times how we test the listing broker is that we go to one of our other broker contacts who we have a good relationship and say, hey, Greg, or hey, Mark, hey, what do you think about this asset? What do you think is the rent premium we're going to get here? What's the story here? Guys, it's a really small world. It doesn't seem like it. It doesn't feel like it. It's a really small world. All these brokers, they know all the deals that the other guys are working on. You know, because they were also pitching their services for those deals. So a lot of times how we can find the story is just by asking three or four or five other contacts. Then you can use industry databases like CoStar, Axiometrics, Yardi, uh, Reese, uh, all, all those things to get a better idea. But at the end of the day, guys, a lot of times you can get, say, 80% of the way there, but there's a lot of luck and a lot of planning involved in these things. So it, it's a combination of luck and planning. So, Omar, what else, what else should I be asking about asset management that somebody needs to know just getting in the business that maybe I hadn't thought of? What, what else can we tell them so they, they make sure and, and they're prepared to do it well? Well, look, um, I think a lot of this stuff you only learn with experience. And even people who've been doing it for 20, 30 years, uh, I mean, some of my mentors, they keep telling me, look, man, oh, I saw this new guy doing something, you know, some young guy doing something. I really picked that up. Or I saw this older guy doing something. So you're always learning, number one. So you, you have to be a constant student and that learning thing never stops. Because the market is just evolving all the time. But number two, guys, this is a very unsexy topic that nobody talks about on podcasts. Because it sounds very sexy to say, oh, I raised $2 million. Or I did this. Or I won that deal. Right? Doesn't sound, it doesn't sound sexy because like that Arnold saying, you know, the bot Arnold, you know, Schwarzenegger. He said, everybody wants to be a bodybuilder. Nobody wants to lift the weights. 
Somebody's got to do the work, guys. This is really unsexy, but if you don't know this, or if you don't know the right people who can do asset management, you're dead in the water. You're dead before the game even starts. So take some time to understand this process. If you don't know it, get the right mentors, find the right people, find partners who can do this for you, and get it done. Don't rely on hope and prayer, which the vast majority of people do. Omar, you've been a great guest, and I appreciate all the content you, you're able to provide uh, every show that that we've done. And and uh, tell the guests or listeners a little more about how they can get a hold of you. And then uh, also, you know, I want you to put a plug in there about the uh, uh, the deal analyzing software that you all have created. Cool. So I love to do that with you. So my email is Omar O M A R at boardwalkwealth b o a r d walkwealth dot com. That's Omar at boardwalkwealth dot com. You can email me, like I said in the earlier email, earlier episode. If I don't know the answer to a question, I'll be happy to connect you with people who don't know the answer to those questions. You can also go to our website at boardwalk wealth.com b-o-a-r-d walk wealth that's one word.com you can sign up for our newsletters you get to find out about our deals all the cool stuff we're doing all the freebies that we give out and then if you're so inclined you're really in the business you want to get to understand asset management underwriting all of those analytics stuff you know we're launching a software company it's called deal analytica it should, hopefully it should be launched by the time this airs you can go to our website it's www.deal d-e-a-l analytica a-n-a-l-y-t-i-c-a that's one word dealanalytica.com you can sign up you can subscribe and you can basically get all the tools that the pros use for a fraction of the cost guys because a lot of these tools uh, if you read the investment bank hedge fund private equity shop you're paying a couple of hundred grand a year just to even get the basic subscription for a lot of these tools. So what we did is we created a software and you don't have to pay all that stuff. And this is uh, stuff that we use in our own business. It's great. Omar, thanks for telling us uh, you know, how we can get in touch with you. And I hope the listener will, will contact you, your wealth of knowledge and, and uh, you know, I, I encourage the listeners to to get on the Facebook group so you can you can ask Omar questions, and that way we can all learn this business together and improve our business uh, together. So uh, oh, yeah. anyway, thanks again for for listening today, and we will talk to to each of the listeners tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show, brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.